This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Whitney Houston's smash hit single, I Will Always Love You, was everywhere in the 90s. It was the musical centerpiece of the 1992 Oscar-nominated romantic thriller The Bodyguard, starring Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. In a way, the Grammy Award-winning soundtrack was as big as the movie. Now, a musical version of The Bodyguard has been created for the stage, and the songs are front and center. It recently opened at Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey, not far away from Whitney Houston's hometown, Newark, New Jersey. I spoke with Paper Mill's producing artistic director, Mark Hobie, about what it takes to pull off a musical based on a blockbuster and some of the most iconic pop songs of an era. When I first heard about the bodyguard being transformed into a big musical, I sort of scratched my head. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Then I remembered that the bodyguard was more than this intense Hollywood thriller. It was also full of all these hit songs and hit singles. It was a soundtrack. In fact, it, it was the it is the best-selling soundtrack of all time. It went platinum and won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year. Um, right. Wh- where did this uh, idea for turning it into a musical come from? Well, the um, show actually premiered on the West End in London uh, about, I think, five years ago. Uh, so it was written um, for that premiere production. Thea Sharrick, the director who directed it here at Paper Mill, uh, put that one together. And their um, thought was, like you said, there's so much more to the sh- the musical or so much more available material from the film. It's this thriller kind of murder mystery kind of thing. Um, But also, because Whitney Houston plays this um, concert artist, uh, there's incredible musical moments as well. And they thought, wow, we should look into that and try to, in the best way, exploit that and make a musical. So a lot of the um, theatrical moments were already built in. The idea of concert performing and, um, you know, she's up for a Grammy Award and so does the whole... uh, awards telecast and what they did was go to the Whitney Houston catalog and find other music that was part of her history and wove it into the storyline. So there's great, and as you said, it's amazing that that's the best-selling soundtrack of all time. I mean, when you listen to it, those songs are just incredible, but you forget, or people may forget, how um, prolific Whitney Houston was and how many of her songs reached the top ten and many of them number ones. So they went through that and found a bunch of other songs and sprinkled them into the show, but in meaningful ways. The Bodyguard is one of those movies rare these days that, that everyone saw and the media landscape was very different in 1992. And the soundtrack was like at least as big as the movie. Could you talk a little bit about the album, the songs, and what made it so great? Do you know any of the story behind producing that album? It's really a Hollywood film. So the music, it, we all know all of those songs, but in the, sh- in the movie, you only get snippets of them. There's only pieces of a lot of the music. So um, what when you're able to listen to the, the soundtrack, you hear each song in its entirety. And that's what they've tried to do more in the musical, is present those songs in their entirety, because they're, standing alone, they're fantastic mm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm not sure I know really what the backstory is to the the, mm-hmm. the production of the album. And of course, I will always love you. Um, that was one of the biggest hits of the '90s. It's a big yeah. part of the musical. Um, yeah. I definitely heard Whitney Houston's version of the song before even knowing about the original Dolly Parton uh, song. Right, uh, right, right, right. But Houston turned it into a whole other thing. Um, why do you think her version is so affecting and, 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 and people react to it the way they do? You know, um, yeah, um, before we get into that, though, Whitney, yeah. I mean, um, Dolly had written it and released it as a single. And then they also, if you remember, put it into the film Best of the Horror House in Texas that Dolly um, starred in with Burt Reynolds, and neither one of those um, took off the way the Whitney Houston one did. And I think um, for me, I, I was a grew up with Whitney Houston music too. I remember when her original album came out, and mm-hmm. um, I bought the CD for CDs. Um, now you just download everything on your phone, right. but um, um, yeah, the way Whitney is able to infuse a, a song with emotion. And the incredible um, flexibility of her vocal instrument is amazing. When you listen to the way she sings, and that song in particular, it starts off a cappella, right? There's mm-hmm. no music. The very beginning of the song is a cappella and grows to this huge key change and dramatic emotional and musical climax. Um, it's it's amazing. and. The Dolly version is a much simpler, it's the same tune, mm-hmm. but it's a much simpler, sweeter um, version of the song. It, the lyrics are the same, it's all the same, but it's about the way the song was produced, the Whitney Houston version, and the, what she's able to bring to it. And an interesting side note to that, do you know when they first released that song, radio stations didn't want to play it because of the acapella beginning. Mm. And they used to start it where the music began they would cut off that intro uh, okay. um, uh, because they thought the audience would, you know, tune, tune out the radio. But now of course it's become, like you said, iconic. It's, it's how that the minute you hear that first couple of lyrics of her singing, you know exactly what's coming. If I should stay, I would only be in your way so I'll go but I know I'll think of you every step the way and I Could you talk a little bit about the two leads? There's Judson sure. Mills. Judson Mills plays the bodyguard, and yeah. uh, and of course Deborah Cox is playing yeah. the Rachel Marin character, the the Whitney Houston uh, role. Um, could you tell me a little bit about about those two and the characters they play? Sure. First of all, I have to say that I am in awe of Deborah Cox. She is just an amazing performer. I mean, I grew up with her. 
um, grew up with her, <laughs> older than her, but <laughs> I listened to her music, um, you know, uh, dancing in clubs, and, and I had CDs of her, and she's a, a terrific um, pop star, you know. Uh, what's really, really uh, terrific about it is that um, she is an incredible actress, too. You know, she played Aida on Broadway. She also mm-hmm. did the revival of Jekyll and Hyde. And so she's not uh, a pop star stuck into a role that they're trying to make work around her. She's an actress. Mm-hmm. And what she does on stage, um, both vocally delivering the Whitney Houston music and also delivering the storyline, is, is just unbelievable. Uh, and also, I don't know if you know that she has an incredible connection more than any other actress, I think, that has stepped into this role or that will in the future to Whitney Houston. Oh, really? They, they were signed to the same record label, and then also they were friends. Whitney Houston was actually a mentor to Deborah, and they sang a duet. There, I can't, I wish I could remember the name of it, but um, not off the top of my head, but uh, so she was in the recording studio with Whitney Houston. They worked together, they were, you know, around at. Um, the label's offices and became friendly together. And then uh, also, a few years ago, they did a TV biopic of the Whitney Houston story, and they hired a young actress to play the role. But Deborah Cox recorded all the music. Uh. She sang all the Whitney Houston songs. So this is a um, uh, a part that is has been ingrained in her and been part of her for, for many, many years. And what's wonderful about it is she approaches it in two ways. She approaches it as a, as a legitimate stage actress and how am I going to deliver, you know, this storyline and, and the, this music, but she also does it as, you know, in honor and as a tribute to her friend and mentor and, you know, colleague Whitney Houston so and she does an incredible job I mean she's not imitating her in any way she's definitely Mm -hmm. bringing Deborah Cox um, you know her special talents to it but when she sings you definitely can feel that same kind of emotion and energy and then she plays opposite Judson Mills who is probably best known for his role on um, Texas Walker Ranger Walker Texas Ranger sorry Um, oh the Chuck Norris show right that's right he also was on he was also on a soap for many years um, and, you know, this is a very uh, difficult role. Even in the movie, mostly he's still quiet. You know, there's not a lot of um, pizzazz and, um, you know, showmanship. He is a bodyguard, and his job is to be watchful and, you know, still and, and, and overseeing everything. And that, with the wrong actor, could be incredibly boring on stage. And Judson, we had seen a lot of people for this role, and Judson was spectacular. And he's funny, he, um, he's charming, he's um, handsome and, you know, sexy, lovable. You, you definitely understand why both of these women fall for his, um, you know, good looks and charm and, and silent strength. And he really embodies the protector. I mean, that is his job. And what gets in the way is that he, for the first time in his career, allows his personal emotion to get tangled up with his job. And that's really the rift. It's the same thing in the film, where he, the job for him always comes first, so he has to put his personal life aside. But the two of them on stage are electric together. 
The musical is truly global. London, South Korea, the Netherlands, um, the list goes on. Is this how big musicals evolve now? And what does the future of this musical look like after its run at Paper Mill? You know, um, I don't think anybody can say what the tract is for any one musical or musicals in general these days. I think that mold in the greatest way has been broken. Um, uh, certainly when you look at Hamilton and uh, the Great Comet, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet, and, you know, we're in a, in a moment now that musical theater and that whole idea of how you tell a story in a theater with music is changing, and I think that's thrilling and exciting. We've been through those periods in the past before, you know, Oklahoma changed it up. Um, chorus Line changed it up, for sure. Hamilton has changed it up. So, mm. um, you know, I'm excited, but it, it's it's uncharted territory. Um, for this particular musical, I think the strength of it, obviously, as we talked about earlier, is the music, the score. This, you know, the best-selling um, movie soundtrack of all time, the Whitney Houston music that you still hear on the radio all the time and can bring a tear to your eye or make you feel good. And that, they say, music is the international language, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think that this show will have a long life all around the world because of the popularity of the score. The challenge to it is going to be casting it because to find women who can sing this music and play this role is going to be very challenging. Um, Now, they probably said that about Evita with Patti LuPone. They thought no one else could ever do it. And eventually, you know, once it's out there, it happens. But I think that the popularity of this musical is only going to grow as time time goes on. I mean, clearly it's it's done very well. It's been all over the place, all over the world. What has the... uh feedback been like? How have the critics responded to the musical? You know, the the critics have been up and down about it, and I think part of it is that it does fall um, slightly into this genre of, um, I don't want to say jukebox musical, it's not really that, but because it is so reliant on um, the Whitney Houston catalog. But I do think it's it's bigger than that, because the the storyline is is much better and much more interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but what they have recognized, what they've all recognized, number one, they all recognize the incredible talent in, in Deborah Cox and the cast. And I think that's truly what makes um, this production unique. The, her personal connection to Whitney Houston and the music and her talents on stage, I think, make it a really exciting and different, different project. To you, what is this show, this story, ultimately about? What kind of theatrical experience is your audience in for? I think that what you are in for is a combination of three things, which is uh, a rock concert, a um, mystery thriller, and uh, a standard musical comedy love story. All of those are combined in a way that I haven't really seen before. Um, And it is high energy. um, It is exciting fast-paced, it's over each act of an hour, Um, it zooms by, and it leaves you feeling really great, really, really great, singing as you leave the theater, which is a great way to exit. Okay, Paper Mill Playhouse's producing artistic director, Mark Hobie, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you very much, great talking to you. The Bodyguard, the musical, runs through January 1st at Paper Mill Playhouse. For more information and tickets, you can visit papermill.org.
And for more about the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.